are building a religion. We are building it bigger. We are widening the corridors and adding more lanes. We are building a religion, a limited edition. We are now accepting callers for these pendant keychains. To resist it is useless. It is useless to resist it. His cigarette is burning, but he never seems to ash. He is grooming his poodle. He is living comfort eagle. You can meet at his location, but you'd better come with cash. Now his hat is on backwards. He can show you his tattoos. Welcome to another edition of Kush Vlog with your host, Too Hot for TV. It's Matt Chrisman. Hey, I'm talking Kush Bob. How's everybody doing today? I hope everyone is relaxing and chillaxing. Man, it's been a hell of a week for old perverts, huh? Some good stuff. Good stuff. First, you got Jeffrey Tube out, slapping his hog around while zooming, um, proving that he just couldn't, he couldn't continue to simulate the 2020 election from the point of view of the legal system and not satisfy his uh, unleashed hog. Because of how erotic that is, and I understand. Election simulation is intensely erotic. But I think the Rudy Giuliani thing is, of course, hilarious. And I think people are kind of missing the force for the trees, I feel like, when they're talking about it. Because a lot of people are hitting on the fact that, oh, according to this story, uh, Borat claimed that this girl was 15 and that she took Rudy into another room and laid him on the bed and like he was going to fuck a 15-year-old. And then other people are saying, uh, actually, and apparently they're being paid to say this in swarms on the internet. Actually, uh, that's the 15 claim uh, was never made to Rudy Giuliani, that she looked like a young woman and and, uh, that he had no reason to believe she was underage. And people are arguing that point. And to me, that is a pointless point. Who cares? The reality, take, think about this situation. Think about the reality of what happened. Rudy Giuliani thinks that he's going to have an interview with what some Russian uh, journalist or something. They take him to a hotel room. They talk to him for a while. It's wacky, but whatever. And at the end of it, this young woman just leads him into another room. And what does he do? He immediately just lies on the bed. That's what Rudy Giuliani expects to happen when he has any kind of public interaction. That's what these people do. This 75-year-old gargoyle, he goes into these nice air-conditioned rooms to talk to a bunch of guys named, like, Ivan Stroganoff about, like, some sort of uh, money laundering operation or data swap or whatever the fuck shit he's been doing in Ukraine and Russia, whatever, like, just money on his grind. And at the end of those meetings, like, instead of a cheese course, they just lead him into a room and a woman who he has no idea who they are, where they came from, if they've been fucking trafficked or what age they are, just lays him in a bed and just sucks him off. That's his expected encounter in the day. Think about that. Think about how socially conditioned he is to expect that. What the fuck do you think these rich motherfuckers are doing? This is the proof you need that the only thing that's crazy about QAnon is thinking that Donald Trump or anybody else in a position of power wants to stop this. It's just a giant, disgusting power orgy. These guys are doing rich... I mean, as they literally suck the vital vital fluids out of every human being on this planet and turn us into just hollowed out uh, fucking Capri Suns. They enact ritualized uh, conquest and despoilation of humanity through just this wretched and disgusting sexual depravity. And they don't even have to be thinking in these kind of epic uh, ritualistic terms. All they could just be feeling is, how do I fill the hole within me that is made by being a soulless uh, 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 capitalist husk. Like, I am nothing. I am empty of any goodness, any virtue. What can I pursue? And the only answer is selfish pleasures. And what does that mean? It means even when you're 75, you've still got to have some disinterested, maybe sex slave tug you off in a radisson. That's how fucking empty you are. 
And that means that your life is just, it is public and private uh, obscenity and uh, despoilation of humanity. Salo really got to the heart of all of this. And that means all these guys do this. Trump, Bill Clinton, uh, Bezos, allegedly all of them are just, have turned sexual debasement of people that they have power over uh, into a component of high stakes uh, public and private negotiations of power. Folks, they're gross. They're sickos. Q is correct about that. They are genuine sickos. The problem is that there are no white hats. If there are white hats, it's us. We have to be the white hats. No one in anywhere, anywhere close to a position of power, they are either blissfully unaware of all the ritualized sexual uh, uh, degradation or, or they enthusiastically participated in it. Maybe at best they reluctantly participated in it because it's necessary to maintain trust at those high levels of power and intimacy. Any way you slice it, no one in power is going to do anything about this. And, and the belief that anything otherwise is true is the real fantasia at the heart of Q. All the craziest shit in the Q universe comes not from that essential insight about power and about the people who wield it, but from trying to make sense of Trump somehow being opposed to it. That's where the crazy stuff comes in. That's where the, the clones and the lizard people and the fucking uh, holograms, the secret Guantanamo uh, uh, executions, all of that is generated by the need to make sense of the basic fantasy that Trump is in any way really opposed to power and the monsters who wield it rather than being a perfect exemplar of their class. So it really is important to say, like, what is the Q delusion? It really isn't anything to do with their analysis of, like, who, who rules power, who rules, broadly speaking, and what they do with their rule, what they pursue with the power they have, the personal indulgence that they seek as their sole means of soul distraction and, and, and uh, pleasure, that's all just real good, solid materialist analysis of power. It's thinking that anyone in power will stop it that is madness and that could only create more madness. And that delusion is powered by the fact that they're Americans, God bless them, and they are ensorcelled to the fantasy of the two-party system to politics is a meaningful endeavor, and that means that they have to map their deeper understanding on the horrors of power onto this shallow fantasy of genuine uh, partisan conflict, where in reality you just have a organic, uh, uh, osmotic relationship of power within this one organism of the Democratic Republican political party machinery. And, uh, and uh, cultural attachments. I'm auto-tuned. What's going on? I'm sorry. I was fucking with the mixer. Oh, that's funny. I am a robot. Hello. I am a robot programmed to party. <laughs> I am a party bot. And I love to party. But... Sadly, that's going to be one of the last illusions to die is the idea that there's genuine, uh, genuine conflict, real high stakes conflict at the high, at, uh, between the Democratic and Republican parties. And we're going to have to enact more and more symbolic uh, and then not symbolic acts uh, to consecrate those realities in the face of what's really going on, which is bipartisan rule by the Dracula sex criminal elite. There's someone's asking for good uh, books on Gladio. There's not a lot of great books about Gladio. Honestly, all the good stuff is in Italian and un untranslated. No. There's two ways to go, though, broadly. There's two books that you can go to. If you want to go dry and academic and more grounded and also uh, 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 broader than simply Italy, like more into, like, it has a NATO network, uh, a NATO program of a network of cells within places like Belgium and uh, France and Spain and uh, uh, even Sweden, even Switzerland, even though it was technically part of NATO, they had a... They had a, uh, a 
Gladio program there. Uh, it's called uh, NATO Secret Armies. I believe it's a PDF available on the internet. Uh, and then it'll give you that. And it's a little dry, but it'll give you the, the overview. If you want to get pulpy, though, you got to go with arch-Catholic lunatic Paul Williams' book, Operation Gladio, which uh, it reads like sort of the skeleton of a James Elroy novel, just the plot stuff without any of the, char the, the characters of, you know, repressed cops uh, uh, beating up uh, n nightclub singers. And there's not, and there's stuff in there that is it's it is much more speculative, uh, including his uh, tale of the possible uh, murder of John Paul I at the hands of uh, Gladio figures, uh, and also the likely Gladio involved involvement in the assassination of attempt against John Paul II. It's uh, it's an undisputed fact of history that the assassin. The attempted assassin of uh, John Paul II was a Turkish ultranationalist gray wolf. Uh, and the, the gray wolves were one of those Gladio-created uh, paramilitary organizations that sprouted up after World War II. It was directly created by the, the generals uh, who were the implementers of Gladio in Turkey. Uh, and he also was only able to go to St. Petersburg Square and shoot uh, John Paul II because he had been... Uh, arrested in Turkey and imprisoned for the murder of a left-wing journalist and then had just escaped prison. And by, according to all uh, testimonies, just walking out of it. And then he showed up uh, in St. Peter's Square and shot John Paul II. Uh, and like I said, not a lot of sources, but it's all very interesting. It's, it's, the, it's the indulgent one. And it's also uh, a little... the. The prose is a little more uh, punchy. But, you know, I don't, I don't say everything in that book is true. You have to look at everything with a critical eye. And, but a lot of the wildest shit in that book, you look it up and it's, oh, yeah. The part of the problem is he doesn't have a lot of good sourcing in it. Uh, but if you take the time to, like, follow down specific leads named around people and names... Uh, it's very interesting. It's like there, like uh, a NATO general in Italy was arrested uh, for uh, involvement in like the drug trade and did indeed uh, Epstein himself in prison. Like that happened. Like the one big, the one main uh, witness in the Credit Ambrosiano scandal that brought down the Vatican Bank and exposed the Gladio network and P two uh, was just poisoned in prison. Like there wasn't even an attempt to, to make it look like a suicide. He just drank some coffee that, yes, had a shit ton of poison in it. And no one ever fucking figured out who did it. And they just said, yep, poison. Wild. So if you want to go down the rabbit hole, those are good ways to start. Those are different entry points. But either way, you're not going to know. And I like to, like, anytime I get into the nitty gritty shit, like, Gladio or any of the assassinations or even Kennedy or whatever, I always try to remind myself that at the end of the day, this is mostly recreational because your ability to get to anything like a comprehensive overview of the fucking evidence of, of, of that can fill in the gaps, it's not going to happen. And seeking it can kind of drive you crazy. But it is fun. And you have to experience it. I think the best way to do it is fun. And the thing is, it's also constructive because while you're sifting through the conspiracy uh, silt, you could get a ton of gold that you can hang on to. Like what you mainly have to do is just stop, is not have to feel like you have to carry around in your head a resolved answer to a lot of the questions surrounding stuff like this. That it really doesn't matter if you know in your heart whether what it's one way or the other. Because when you get to that point, that belief is going to end up being brittle because you're always speculating. And then because it's a brittle belief, you end up having to defend it in public compulsively because you're just anxious about it all the time because you haven't convinced yourself. And that leads you further away from the truth and, and further towards pointless confrontation to reinforce your ideas instead of just allowing yourself to glide between and just remember what, you, what the bedrock is. You know, between what you think you know about the world and what you know is speculative. 
And, uh, and anytime we find ourselves getting really wound up around questions, specifically of like more uh, moral questions and questions of like historical, uh, veracity, you have to be able to recognize when you're sort of floating, when you've lost uh, connection to bedrock and, 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 and that'll keep you from just keeping yourself on the wrong course you, and you can stop swimming and just kind of float back towards the shore. I just used like 17 metaphors there and they were all absolute <laughs> gibberish. I'm such a dumbass. Ah. How's it going in the chat, guys? I'm taking a look here, seeing what we have. Oh, man. Someone says, just Jesse Ventura, and I'm just reminded again of what we lost by him not running as the Green Party candidate. A, a synthesis of Trump and Bernie, the one we need. Too bad. Uh, people say, like, why would why would Gladio guys want to kill John Paul II? It's not like he was a liberation theologist. He was a good cold warrior. Yes, but according to Williams, he refused to bail out the Vatican Bank with money that they could have done it with. They're basically saying that he was uh, too, because he was not really aware of the whole program. He had sort of come in from the outside. You know, he was a Polak. He wasn't part of the inner circle of... Uh, uh, American and Italian uh, prelates who were like in P2, even though uh, Catholics are not supposed to join the Freemasons. All these guys, all these Italian guys were all in P2, but he was sort of outside of it. And so he didn't really know what the Vatican Bank was in terms of this crucial element of the global uh, like arms and drug trade that was financing the uh, the 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 paramilitary right in Italy and maintaining the, the balance of powers that prevented the communists from coming to power. He wasn't aware of that. He was just like, no, well, no, we shouldn't do that. That's corrupt. And then that helped lead to a, a, a lot of spillage and a, and a big scandal that led to the collapse of a number of the banks, a big, a, a short-term economic crisis in, in Italy, and then eventually the revealing of the entire uh, P2 net organization and uh, Gladio itself. So you could see why there might have been a motive to uh, perforate that motherfucker and get somebody who in there who would spread the money around and keep things on the QT. But as I said, I don't know. It's fun to talk about. It's fun to speculate about. But I don't know. Yeah, Godfather 3 actually talks about all this shit. And in Godfather 3, they show the fucking uh, John Paul I getting poisoned. And I honestly feel like that one's almost an open and shut case. I feel like he was probably as close as I'm going to get to confident. I'm going to say that John Paul the first was fucking gacked that this dude coming in here and taking He wanted to look at the books is the thing. And that was not going to happen. 33 days in the pontificate, but yeah, not over any, uh, any doctrinal issues, just purely covering their asses related to the giant drug money laundering operation that they had going. That's a thing that I don't think is a question. Whether or not the assassinations happened is up in the air. But whether or not the Vatican was laundering drug money for the mafia and the CIA, I don't think there's a question about that one. Which is kind of nuts when you think about it, because that does sound like crazy conspiracy gibberish. And it often gets put in with other stuff that is more outlandish. But it's basically established fact. And it doesn't change anything. And that's my real problem with conspiracy theory as a heuristic is that it presupposes that revelation of the secret will somehow change the reality. The end result of every, secure, of every conspiracy narrative is a generalized awareness. It's supposed to end in a congressional hearing or a opening of files or a testimony that brings to light a secret reality that people aren't aware of. And that's why Q is the perfect accelerated version of this, because it imagines an apocalyptic revelation. All that you knew, all the people you thought were, uh, were uh, trusted custodians of power or, or celebrities are actually demonic creatures bent on your destruction. And we uh, are uh, saving you from them. 
And that's not how it's going to work. If we're going to beat any of this shit, it's not because people are going to know how bad everything is. The thing about hyper-reality is everybody knows, as fucking Leonard Cohen would say. Everybody knows! Every, all the worst thing you could imagine, everybody at a base level knows. If we found out tomorrow that Bush did 9-11, it wouldn't change anything. It would have go from a thing that people kind of thought was true to like, ah, yeah, there you go. I have figures. We have normalized everything because at a bone deep level, we know and we just distract ourselves from that reality by carrying out these ritualized political performances that imbue our life with meaning and drama and distract us from that fundamental truth. And so no, uh, nothing based on like educating people about like what the bad guys did and, and who they are is going to do anything. Knowledge alone will do nothing. Only knowledge that is generated from action is anything that can be built upon. And that's what comes from people doing things together and finding in the doing of things together purpose. Is the bird drinking? The bird's drinking, Chris. I, I've been watching it. We were worried the bird wasn't going to drink. That motherfucker is guzzling. Very happy to see it. I love a good drinking bird. Don't we all love... Folks, we love it. The bird, he drinks. He's the best. He's the best at drinking. They say they say he's the best there is. I don't know. I honestly think it might be me, folks. I think I drink better. I drink really good. I use both hands. Never spill a drop. Never get a drop spilled. Ever. Never spill a drop on my tie. The silk. The silk ties. <laughs> Trump seems like he's... Uh, He's not happy right now. I think maybe uh, the, the steroids are wearing off a little bit. Storming away from the uh, the 60 Minutes interview, not a good sign. I think he's going to be, tomorrow night I'm very much looking forward to. I think it'll be fun. So here's the thing we were thinking about. I'm going to put this to you guys. I kind of don't want to stream the debate itself just because watching the first one, it really felt like having a hat on a hat to have anyone even commenting because it was like the shape of the thing was what was funny and it was kind of felt wrong to interrupt it and yet we couldn't stop. Uh, I was thinking maybe since this is going to be the last one where they're like together in the same room uh, and that means Trump's going to be rip snorting and hooting and torting because I really don't think that there's any way that they can uh, pacify him at this point uh, short of rhino tranks. I think it's going to be an absolute cacophony. And as such, I think it might be better experienced just as something you allow to uh, wash over you. But maybe we could do a post-debate react where we just kind of go over some of the highlights. Does anyone sound, does that sound fun to anybody? Does that sound like a good idea? Getting, getting some agreement. It looks like we're getting good approval on that. All right, let's do that then. All right. It'll be at least me and Chris. We'll see if we can get any other buddy, anybody else to go on. I, I think everyone up. else was so destroyed by that last debate and so traumatized that they haven't been able to even think about doing another talk about one. And I can pull up clips and stuff afterwards and we can watch the highlights. And I had a great time. I had such a good time watching that debate eventually after I pushed through. But then I had a great time watching the dueling town halls. Uh, honestly, that's, I, hope, I wish they did that more. It was a vibe, as they say. It was a vibe. All right, so we're gonna do, we're gonna do a, a, a react. That sounds good. All right, perfect. We'll see who else wants to do it. Remember when M Matt did Joker makeup for the Bernie debate? I remember. I remember that. That was back during Jokerfication, which was the last stage before grill fillification kicked in. Oh, God, remember when I got super drunk? Oh, I really don't. Others do. Poor Chris. Oh, man, I feel so bad about that. That was a real bungle. Uh, can I make a, a embarrassing mea culpa for that? Uh, I feel terrible about that whole incident, mostly because I was the one who brought the rum. <laughs> I was the one who said, you know what? Let's get let's get real, real wild for this. And then I was so consumed with running my first ever elaborate stream that... Uh, 
uh, you know, I feel like that was a, a producerial lapse. Uh, yeah, but I'm still the fucking disgusting glutton who drank an entire bottle of rum without realizing I it. I was the producer saying that it would be good. It would make for good tape. So I think we can. I, I want to take like fifty percent of the okay. of the. Uh, well, I'll take a little load off because it does still uh, bash me a little bit. I just assumed others would be drinking from it, yeah. and I didn't notice that I was the only one pouring from it until I was like halfway done, and then it's like the momentum had taken over. Well, and I drank the entire thing, and that was overproofed. Yes, it was overproofed. That was over fucking proofed. Took the entire thing to the dome. Uh, God, yeah, that was, uh, I think that was the, I have not gotten anywhere near that drunk since then. I think that was like the low point for me alcohol-wise in a while. Uh, yeah, so we'll I think I'm, I'm that, doing much better now. <laughs> I'll take this moment in that recollection to say that we are planning on doing some kind of elaborate election night broadcast. Absolutely, and I will studio. not be hammered off of rum. We'll keep it we'll keep it under uh, control and try to put it I there. might... I'm not no promises. I might be rolling. Hell yeah. I might be uh I might have some acid in me. Uh or I might have Chinese research chemicals. Uh but, but there will be no uh fucking handle of uh rum to the face. That I'll will just, not happen. I'll just take this moment to try to promise to put on the in uh, cuz I've been feeling very depressed over the last few days that one of the things COVID has taken from us is getting to do a big election night show. Yeah, that would have been so fun. Fucking um, COVID. Uh, the China virus. But I will try to put on as big of a, a best of show as I can from yeah, this we're office. We're going to be here in the office. Guys. We're going to finally get to use this whole set, which uh, Chris had made and which is fantastic. It's going to be like the Dick Cavett show when Peter Falk and John Cassavetes and uh, Ben Gazzaro were there. Just a rollicking good time as we watch the election not get called. That's the funniest part. Because there will be no call that night. Unless Biden wins at a huge landslide, uh, there will likely not be a call on election night, which is, uh, this is the first time, I think, in a long time that that has happened with anyone expecting it to be the case. I think we all just assume that you'll get a a call before uh, midnight, but I don't think we're getting that this year. Although, you know, there's that whole thing about we're at a position now where a Biden landslide is more likely than Trump winning in any way, you know? So those polls could be, you know, cause polls can be wrong two ways. And if they're undercounting Biden in some way, and I'm saying, I'm not saying that's likely I'm saying it's possible that you could see a huge landslide. And even with the fucking right in ballots, you might have the thing, you might have enough electoral votes decided to uh, end it then. And honestly, that would be one of the funniest things in the world if we had a goddamn, uh, after this like hugely uh, dramatic buildup about how we're getting ready to reach some sort of civil war type situation, like it's fucking Republican Spain all over again. <laughs> and then, whoop, uh, it's over. Go back to brunch, everybody. The uh, uh, We've switched to a kindly old grandpa instead of a crazy old grandpa. Uh, the Chicago 7 episode will be tomorrow. I've watched it. It was, I gotta say, it was entertaining. It, it's... His movies, I think, are better than his TV shows, just in terms of uh, being entertaining. Because, I mean, the shows are what they are, you know, brutal slogs. His movies, Molly's Game is fun. Few Good Men is a solid 90s uh, programmer. Uh, American President's pretty good and zippy and has some good stuff in it. Uh, um, Social Network is a great movie. He's, uh, Charlie's Wilson, Wilson's War is absolute dog shit but there are good movies among those movies i just listed there are no good shows among his shows i think it's because he can't allow he can't like he every time he starts making a, a project he's locking himself in his garage and just farting essentially and <laughs> it's like the shorter the project the less time he has to just die of fart inhalation which is what happens on his tv shows he just starts huffing nothing but pure methane. And I think with a shorter runtime and a shorter character arcs, he's able to sort of trim the fat and, and keep it entertaining instead of uh, sucking on his own donk. 
But I think it's a fun movie. It's fine. But the lib, the lib, the lib. The lib shit in that movie. It is pure, uncut liberalismo. And uh, it is, yes, it is the purest uh, form of the liberalism. It is quite liberal. Of course, the real hero of the movie is the prosecutor. As uh, That's, of course, perfect for, uh, for him. It's just so perfect. So we'll talk about that. If I can get a hold of an HBO Max login, I want to watch that fucking uh, West Wing Hamilton election special that they did that is available now. I don't know why they would leave that on HBO Max if they really wanted to affect the election. Isn't that just proof that this is all stroke-off bullshit? Hey, we're going to inspire America to vote. As long as they've already paid $15 a month for some bullshit boutique fucking streaming service for a streaming service. It's not even HBO. Which means the people who are going to watch it are people who already vote. Are you fucking kidding me? This isn't reaching anybody on the fence about voting or voting Democrat. It's just a chance for them all to stroke each other off. Just a giant fucking lemon party of liberal piety. Everybody eating each other's spray. (laughs) Wouldn't you make that shit free? Wouldn't you put it on YouTube? Nope. $30 a month, proles, if you want to learn how important it is to vote and participate in our electoral system. But I would like to watch it. I would like to see what it is. I thought... See, I wasn't too excited when it, it was it debuted because I thought it was just a table read, but apparently it's a whole production. And the Lin-Manuel Miranda is in there. Lin-Manuel Miranda, as we call him in the Midwest. Lin-Manuel Miranda. God, get that nasal. Mm, yeah. What's going on? What's going on? What is a body without organs? Uh, My butt. We should do a Chapel election simulation. Like the one that was stimulating the erection of uh, Jeffrey Tube out. Everybody plays a different element. Somebody's the deep state. Somebody's the deep state. Somebody's Q. Somebody is uh, uh, Nancy Pelosi's blood bag. That'd be funny. I am not Q. Let me just say that. Oh, God. Mitch McConnell's hands. Hands are only supposed to get that red if blood is pooling in them, which is what happens after the heart ceases pumping. If... Once you die, like if you lie in bed and your heart stops beating, your blood stops circulating in your body and it settles. So if you're lying down, it settles in your like butt and in your back. And if you were to like be hung up, it would settle in your hands. He looks like a corpse on a fucking rope. Why? Why? Why is he alive? How are these eldritch creatures kept living? Did you guys see that picture of fucking Prince Charles's hands where it looks like he's got a fucking fistful of like uh, of, of beetroot? He's got these big yam fingers that are bright red. He's got a he's got like the pedophile association signet ring on and you can't even see it around the fucking throbbing red meat. How are these fucks alive? They are being kept alive by eldritch rituals. It's either literal. I'm either talking because like there's two ways this could be true, right? And this is true of all good conspiracy stuff. The stuff that tracks, there's a shadow like narrative reality. And then there is the bare, you know, uh, uh, material base that it comes from. And in the case of, uh, of like the unnatural long life of these freakish old fucks, it's they're using sorcery, right? They're doing ritualistic sacrifice of 
the innocent to power like a satanic machinery of life that fills them unnaturally. But the bare material reflection, uh, uh, reality that that gets turned into by the mind is because these guys just get to swim in an ocean of uh, abstracted uh, surplus value that is torn out of everybody else in the world at the expense of their own health and happiness and ability to thrive and have access to material uh, uh, restoration, they're able to have access to the, the most developed forms of capital uh, in every a aspect of technology. That includes medicine. So look at that fat piece of shit, Chris Christie. This tub of ass, this guy who's the loser's loser, who has eat, been eating sh Trump's shit for four years, who got owned by him in the primary and then simperingly kissed his ass and got his McDonald's in the hope that he'd get in the cabinet, got turfed out of the White House by Jared Kushner because he put his daddy in jail. And how dare he put his wonderful dad, who is an absolute scumbag and huge criminal and 100% guilty, in jail. It's not like his dad was one of the Central Park Five. And then... He goes off into the wilderness, grubs around on fucking cable news and tries out to be a fucking sports, de sports radio guy and he can't even hack that. And then he comes back crawling to Trump, gets COVID because he has to be an alpha like Trump and not wear a mask. And now, and then that guy who is just a giant bundle of comorbidities, a fucking fat turd with asthma, he gets the experimental ultra miracle serum that Eli Lilly has that is not for general consumption. The guy who's the ex-governor of fucking, uh, of New Jersey, he has no executive power. He has no need for, what does he do? What's the point of Chris Christie? What is he doing? He is unnecessary. He's going to call into Mike and the Mad Dog and complain about the Cowboys? He's a fucking waste of space. He's lost. His political career is over. His usefulness to the cabal is finished as not anything other than an errand boy. And he still gets the experimental super serum that allows him to survive a fucking COVID diagnosis that absolutely should have killed him. Just like the crazy shit they put into Trump, including experimental ape semen and fucking irradiated uh, tiger blood and a fucking uh, steroids that would make sea biscuits heart explode. He gets to survive. Maybe who knows how long he could, he seems like he's running at a high temperature and he could just pop it any minute, but he's still going and that is the Aldrich ritual. That is their access to the, 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 this stuff that we don't get. None of us get that. Why? Why are we less worthy of the beneficence of, the, of our social product, of our, of our scientific advances, than the fat puck piece of shit ex-governor of fucking New Jersey? And I know people might say that I'm being ableist or, or lookist about fat people. First of all, I am not a thin man myself. Secondly, I use that just to say that Christie, as a man who has no socioeconomic uh, uh, determiners that might make him a larger, a man who has access to all of the, benef the, the highest beneficence of being in a, a high earner in America, meaning access to good food, exercise regimes, the ability to stay uh, healthy, and and given and the fact that he is driven enough to acquire uh, material uh, power and wealth and influence and position to this and be focused enough to be a fucking guy, and he's still a piece of fat fucking M and M eating piece of shit. It's just it's proof that he is like many of our ruling class, just a disgusting, uh, a selfish scumbag. And that none of them have any virtues to speak of and that their lack of virtue manifests itself in different ways. And in the specific form of Chris Christie, it's in the fact that he's a fucking big fat piece of shit. But anyway, apologies for uh, fatism. It just drives me crazy that more than anything, anyone would feel the need to crack out the fucking crack out like the case of, uh, you know, the the eight, the 1796 uh Rothschild, you know, like the $200,000 bottle of wine for Chris Christie. He has nothing to give anyone, and yet he still gets it because he's in the fucking club. He gets the miracle cure because he's been initiated into the cult of Moloch, and so he gets access to it. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, 
they are ritually sucking the life of the rest of us and using it to unnaturally extend their own lives. Mitch McConnell would be dead if he was a pharmacist. Donald Trump would be dead if he was uh, a guy who worked in a grocery store. Instead, they all live forever. <laughs> yes, Chris Christie was too big to fail, indeed. What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? Hey, what's going on? What's going on? Hey, what happened with the moon? Has the announcement happened yet? I believe the announcement is coming Monday. Oh, how are you going to tease me that long? Well, that, that's how they get. That's how they get you to tune into NASA these days. You have to. That's wait for the that's true. They've really learned. They're they're leaning into the game show host model. And hey, it worked for the president at least for so for so long. It has. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, but the mo- they're going to drop Moon 2. It would be so funny if they're like, uh, we're blowing up the moon. Remember that Mr. Show sketch? We're just going to do that. America can and must and will blow up the moon. And we're going to do it during a full moon to make sure we get it all. Hey, Mr. Monkey, don't be asking why, because you don't mess around with American pride. <laughs> C.S. Lewis Jr. Man, that's a good show. Mr. Show? Mr. Show? Yes. Formative program for me. Really, uh, yeah. Helped create my uh, my outlook in many ways. But yeah, what else could it be? They're going to put a base on it? That would be cool. They found life? There can't be life on the moon. I, I've said this before, but my most nationalist take is that it uh, it sucks that we can't put that we have lost the ability, the domestic ability to put Americans into space. Yeah. So if we we're going to go out base. there, we should invest. We should like take it seriously. Don't, don't fuck around. Like try to privatize it. Anything worth doing is worth doing with the full gusto and weight of a coordinated federal response. And I think that should include moon shit and, and space shit. Cause there's a lot to learn there and there's a lot of stuff that could help us domestically. It also, uh, and it does, but it should be part of a broader, you know, effort that is not this bare bones monstrosity that we see before us yeah and also i think it works on the um symbolic level to like show people that the state is still capable of doing things yeah someone wants to grill a thanksgiving turkey good lord how could you possibly do that very carefully (laughs) very good Grill on the moon, yes. Before the end of the decade, we will an American choose to grill on the moon, not because it is easy, but because I am hard. <laughs> I am very hard. I am the president. I am the horny president. My name is John F. Kennedy, and I am the horny president. You know what? He actually wasn't that much hornier than a lot of those guys, though. Although he was in the top quartile, I will say that. But LBJ, also wildly horny, big time horny. He once said about JFK, quote, I've had more women on accident than that boy has on purpose. <laughs> uh, Warren G. Harding uh, impregnated a woman in the Senate cloakroom. That happened. Oh, I've been seeing earlier in the stream, there were a lot of calls that uh, you should put an offer on Quibi, Matt. Uh yes, let's just, no. Apparently, they're not. No one's. Yeah, no one's buying it. So I think we might that, be able to get it for pennies on the dollar. I think that all six of us should forego one month's uh, uh, salary. Yeah. And put an offer in. I wonder what would we do with it. Would we keep the idea of it being quick bits? Uh, just slowly increase the number of bits and decrease the number of shows until you're just put putting out one really good show on Quibi. Oh okay. I get what you're saying. Oh, okay. Like all the different shows start off as separate shows, but then you slowly realize that they're all part of one big show and eventually all the dividing lines between the shows go away and then it's just one long program and then it never ends. 
Yes. And it becomes a show that like keeps it's it's oh shit this is we just made it Charlie Kaufman needs to come in on this. I mean people Charlie love, Kaufman's Quibi is what we just described. People love that shit. People love tracking out extended universes, realizing that one character in one show is like the yeah. aunt of another character in another show. Yeah, no, that's and, like, it. That's shows like that's, puzzles. That's Charlie Kaufman presents Quibi. Yeah. We got to get him as creative director. Charlie Kaufman with a Q. That's what we'll call it. Charlie Kaufman. Looking at my cards here. Uh, folks, I was talking before the stream that the, um, the, the Desert Storm trading cards have been a great source of uh, fun and riffing on the stream. But, you know, there's only so much juice that Desert Storm has. If you Can anybody suggest another thing that would be just, you know, something we could pull randomly of that would be uh, like a Desert Storm trading card to, uh, to you know, uh, uh, inspire tangents? Garbage Pail Kids, I'm sure you would be um, uh, disgusted by the horrible Garbage Pail Kids, Matt. Pathetic. <laughs> no, uh, I actually had a big old, I had a large Garbage Pail Kid collection in my home. When I was a child. And then one day my sister, my skunk of his younger sister, went in and took, them all, off the, all, took all the stickers off the backing. Ugh. I was furious. But I really enjoyed them. I enjoyed the, the garbage pail children. They were disgusting and hideous, but I, I thought they were cute. I liked them a lot. Uh, they were awesome and, ep- and epic, I think. Uh, you know, and a lot of them were very gross. Like they, want, they got really serious. Like some, of those art, some of the art on those things... You've got real like grotesque shit, like shit and viscera and blood and guts. But I remember they did a reissue of them a few years ago, and I bought a pack out of nostalgia, and they were like updated, and there were references to like Gangnam Style and fucking uh, like Varble movies, and I was like, oh fuck this, get out of here, terrible. So somebody suggested. Um... QAnon trading cards, which I didn't know if it was real or not, and I had to look it up. And uh, there are apparently QAnon trading cards in the style of something else we've talked about this, uh, uh, Magic the Gathering. And I think if I could get my hands on one of these, I would love to bring them in. You have, that sounds awesome. Uh, the ones they have displayed is uh, Flynn, uh, who is a creature type, former U.S. Army general, dash patriot. They also have a um, hogwash former Pat Parkland student dash trader, David Hogg. He's, of course, in the swamp. Fucking category. Hogg. I think we should get our hands on some of these. We need those. I need to, must cop, as the kids say. I'll see if I can, I'll tra- I can track some down. Uh, there's one here that I enjoyed out of this pack. It's uh, personnel, Navy, U.S. Navy SEALs. Having their roots in World War II, sea, air, land, SEAL teams are trained in unconventional warfare. They perform reconnaissance, underwater demolition, and special operations in coastal areas. Hi- yeah, like Afghanistan. <laughs> Highly mobile and lightly armed, they rely on stealth, concealment, and surprise to accomplish most operations. This elite force's members are highly educated and physically fit. I just wanted to show this because the actual picture is a couple of beefcakes with no shirts on on the beach. It's like it's not a dude in in an outfit with his you know his his scuba suit and a MP5 or something. It's just some hunks playing doing the volleyball scene from Top Gun. They do. I gotta say they look pretty hunky, but none of them are looking at the camera because you have to maintain opsec, which I respect. Matt, did you see the uh, that video from the Egyptian army that was going around the other? Oh day? hell yeah, the parade the of beefcakes. Oh man, the, the, uh, I'm trying to find that real quick. CC's Egypt is on on one man. They're really having a good time over there. God, there's got to be something freeing about just having naked military rule, like not even pretending to put a patina of politics on it. Like, oh yeah, the army just runs everything. That just feels like kind of soothing. And then what do you get out of it? You get parades of beefcake. You get sweet beefcake parades. And we love to see it. Okay, let's see if I can bring this up. Hunks. Let's look at some of them beefcakes. It's raining, man. Hallelujah, it's raining, man. Yeah, yeah, it's raining, man. Hallelujah, it's raining, man. Yeah, yeah. Look at those boys. Look at those beefy boys. Does it have a soundtrack? Uh, let's see. Absolutely so good. 
They are ripped. These guys are ripped. I I gotta say, if I was, if I was the uh, the false government of Libya, uh, standing in the way of the glorious General Haftar, I would be quaking in my boots. <laughs> All right, folks. Any questions in the chat? Thoughts on Bolivia? I thought we covered Bolivia twice this week. Yeah, Bolivia. I think we got our words out there on Bolivia. Uh, we, it's all as usual. It's we'll see. That's how it all boils down. But it's certainly a better. It's I think better than the alternative in every respect. For now, so that's good. Uh, I want to shout out. This was way back when Matt was talking about the uh, the Pope, about how the assassination of the Pope was obliquely referenced in the New Pope. Uh, New Pope, Young Pope, great series. Is. Highly recommend both of those. I got Matt to watch the Young Pope, which he didn't really care for, but New Pope, you were pretty into. Yeah, I couldn't really vibe with the austere hair shirt uh, Jude Law Pope. I was uh, much more of on the same wavelength with the uh, erotic, sensuous, indulgent Pope, uh, John Paul III, played by John Malkovich. I was like, okay, this guy wants to seduce people into Catholicism. I'm vibing on that rather than uh, fucking Jude Law trying to get you all to just revert to the your childhood stage by spanking you abruptly on the bottom. Absolutely so good. What? Thoughts on AOC and Ilan Omar's Twitch stream? I don't know if I have any. Uh, uh, I'm just, uh, I'm, did any of them have, he, have heated Gatimer moments? It seems to me like Twitch, a lot of people on Twitch, a lot of young people, better to have them seeing that than to see fucking PewDiePie doing a, like, uh, playing, uh, you know, a fucking Holocaust simulator. I mean, I guess that's better than the alternative, but... It just, it seemed like it, it launched, a, it was the game that launched a thousand soy faces, I'll say that. People think, were just soy facing horde over that. Uh, it's, it's, it's nice to have fun with, with some of the better but it's elected fine. Rep- People who got upset yeah. about it, it's like, come on. It's like, why, why shouldn't you be yelling at Nancy Pelosi to, it's like, come on, man. Come on. That's just like, why is Obama golfing so much stuff? It's like, you're looking for something to get mad at. I did appreciate uh, Elon today retweeting Jordan Ohl saying, holy shit, Elon is cracked at this game. Just because I think it's funny for a congresswoman to retweet somebody saying, holy shit, about their own gaming skills. I also like that Elon posted her rig specs. Yeah. She is cool. She's and pogged. You know She's pogged up. I, maybe, it, maybe it is a sticking a lid position, but it is, it is okay to say that some congresspeople are, in fact, cool. Elon is is specifically cool, I think, regardless of any question about you know the political project. She's just she's pretty cool. I mean, we met her for God's sake. Yeah, we met and, her. And twice. she was cool, she was very cool, and uh, and more importantly, she was nice specifically to us. Which That's means a big that she thing, is a good though, politician. right there. It's amazing how that helps. It's like you know what uh, this person I met and was nice to me. She's uh, pretty great. But you know, I think honestly, being nice to me is a good reflection on other people, frankly, because <laughs> I'm a delight. People who don't like me in public, uh, honestly, uh, it's usually a problem with them because I'm charming. I'm, I'm a charming, charming gentleman. Guys, did you know that Adbusters is still being made? Are you aware of this? You hear about this, Kevin? You hear about this? They're still making Adbusters, man, in 2020. I mean, this is like if they made a magazine for the Japanese guys who stayed in the mountains, in the, in, in the islands, 
for 20 years after World War II. <laughs> I'm now just uh, thinking of the 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 lost Ronin of Gen, Gen X. Yep. Uh, the the those still uh, you know maintaining the the poise that chain coffee is going to destroy this yeah. this country. It, it's it's what what it was was it was the, it was the leftism of the end of history. It was like we were we did feel there was no alternative. So the only point of rebellion was the wrong aesthetics, essentially. Like this society is commodified. I mean, it's just a reset. It was a resetting setting of like the one-dimensional man Marcus critique of like the commod of uh, of the conformity of the fifties. Just like through the after synthesized further through the crucible of the sixties cultural revolution. But look at this. It got twenty no, nineteen forty-six. It's got a Thanksgiving dinner, a family around a table enjoying a wholesome meal that uh, is proof of the work and love of people for one another. 2020, that's right. Eating damn McDonald's at the freaking McDonald's <laughs> store. Eating freaking Big Macs. That says so much about society. Here's Another, a good question. I think we should all be asking ourselves. Will high fashion suddenly look stupid or will our luxury fantasies and hyper individuality grow even more intense? Damn, dude. What do you get? What do you got? I'm going to go with uh, intensification of fantasy. I'm going to go with intensification. Yes. Okay. That'll be interesting. We'll see, won't we? I'm looking at some of these pictures. They're of hunks. <laughs> is, it, are, is, there a, uh, is there a centerfold in this? There's a few hunks. I got to say, there's some hunks in here. Check out these hunks. These are the hunk, These are the anti-consumer hunks right here. The babes of anti-consumerism? Yeah. Some, hun- some, some, some sheep bones on display right here. Oh, damn. See, like, it looks like a fashion magazine. And you're like, oh, is this the latest fashion? Uh, wrong. No, it's not because some of the letters are scratched out. <laughs> it's been hacked. It's been ad busted. I got to say, though, guys, ad busting makes me feel good. I don't know about you. Have we gone an hour? We're, oh, we're almost at an hour. I'm waiting right. to see if there's any well, let's more. Let's wrap it up shortly. Any more uh, uh, questions? Any more good ones? Adbusters, but for balls. You've been culture jammed. <laughs> I'm afraid you have been culture jammed. Here's a thing for, called the Mental Liberation Front. And it's got this thing. I didn't sign up for total surveillance. <laughs> yes, this is detournment. This is so this is some detournment is this this shit's detournment as fuck. This shit's detournment as fuck. Uh let's maybe because we're talking about the debate a little in our plans for let's do a uh maybe just a quick debate preview. Somebody asked, "Do you think Trump will go all out at Biden tomorrow since it's his last major appearance?" Like what is the what is the end game? Uh, I got to assume that they've they're keeping him going on steroids, so he's going to be zort, zooted and he's going to be the blood's going to be pumping. On, he's going to be on that wanted shit, you know, and like James McAvoy gets the super high and he's like, the things start vision blurs. He's going to be on that shit and he's going to see Bert Biden and he's going to be like, I got to fucking just stiff this old man. And apparently there's going to be a mute button. Is that what I heard? Yes. Mods it's have a mute It's going to be hugely affected. And what's going to be very interesting to see is how Trump reacts to that because that's a first that has never happened to him before. And I, and I don't know how he accommodates that. If he's, he's going to be able to stop himself from just charging into the red cape of the, uh, of the bullfighter. Well, we shall see. We shall see. Didn't they, didn't, aren't they, didn't they also agree last minute to make it just a foreign policy debate? He demanded that. I don't know if they agreed. All right. Because that, that felt like a bit of a punt for him. He doesn't really want to talk about COVID, I'll say that. And he does want to talk about Ukraine, specifically Hunter and his crooked be- dealings. Sorry, guys. Everyone likes Hunter. And everybody likes... Uh, what's his name? But Joe. Everyone likes Joe Biden, too. 
He's just, he's the opposite of Hillary Clinton. It's like, this really does show, we, we act like these things have some sort of logic to them. Like, even if Trump is an incoherent and, 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 uh, and frankly, pathological uh, political uh, phenomenon, it's understandable uh, as a rejection of Clintonian uh, Obama-esque DLC centrism, which holds no hope for anybody. But now it's four years later, and the same fucking centrism is being brought back out, but because it's a genial old man instead of that harpy who, frankly, a lot of people didn't like, some for good reasons, some for genuinely sexist reasons, it's okay now. In fact, it's great, and we love it. The, there's, the political system is so many fucking levels of mystification and baffling that we could, we really must try to restrain our desire to pull pan too much meaning out of who wins these fucking elections because people are voting off of the most obscure and mind-bending uh, uh, rationales that collectively I don't think add up to any kind of like desire on the part of a, a collective as much as sort of a collective expression of its sanity well it's also the you know as you were just saying it's it's you can much easier say that Hillary lost 2016 than Trump won it. 100%. I think that you will be able to say the same about this if it if it goes towards Biden that it isn't as much that Trump Biden, lost it that Biden won the election than Trump. 100%. Won. But we'll see if that pans out. It, who who knows how the these totals and and splits are going to go. Maybe there is a huge surge in democratic turnout and he you know. But even that is something to argue that it's all just polarization against Trump that pe- people are showing up in huge droves not to vote for joe biden but to vote against donald Trump. there's no way that biden can be the source for any of this one way or the other even if you see an, a massive uh tidal wave of an election it will not be because of biden which is the way they want it they want it to be about trump because that means anything they do is by definition good because it's not trump doing it and hey if you think it's not good enough do you want Trump to do it? Because he's there. He's waiting in the wings. Him and his followers. If not him, the next version. There will always be someone there to discipline you away from uh, criticizing or falling away from the Democratic project. Yeah. Uh, and the worse it gets, the more you can be chastised. Indeed. It such is. But, it, you know, I, I mean, I don't want to draw this out too long. We should sign off soon. But it is just interesting to see how that dynamic plays out of, like, being, like, trying to position ourselves as, like, it's not going to be good, but we, the Democrats, are this bulwark against some kind of incipient fascism that will roll over us like a tide from an unleashed dam if you don't vote for us, coupled with what you're already seeing. And you, this, this has been uptick just even in the last two weeks. So much of the attitude of, man, I can't wait to go back to not paying attention to yeah. thinking about that. Even though all the, things, all the bad things are only getting worse and on a fast, accelerated timetable and the need for people to be activated against them in some way and by being activated, find a way, are instead going to retreat even further into fantasy. In fact, just another realm of fantasy where they get to disconnect from their imagined connection to politics whatsoever because, oh my God, that whole time they were freaking out about Trump, they could have logged off. They could have stopped caring. They didn't because they enjoyed it. Because they got it, got their fucking rocks off, and and defending Biden against the tie, the blood tie that he's about to unleash is not going to get their rocks off. So they'll just care about something else, which is exactly why I've signed off from from the time being for listening to Pod Save America. But I can't wait to start listening again, if after a Biden victory, because I can't wait to see how they're trying to engage their crowd of people who have they've been corralling this entire time being like we absolutely like you have to stay engaged we yeah. absolutely must or the work is forever you are you are a, a soldier in the army of democracies and that's also their success is be is being that i can't the one I, thing that i have i think that might come the my only positive i see coming out of this is that i think and i hope that that phenomenon will be less prevalent on the actual left mm-hmm and that the Hopefully actual left is, is now will be in fact engaged, engaged to like in, to compelled now to engage this new reality of this democratic this feckless democratic hunger chancellorship and that will power them against an opponent that will be demobilized that's the uh, that's the hope yeah i mean i don't want to give is away is it going to happen i don't know but it could it's lot it's realistic it's not it's not pie in the sky it's just it comes down to a lot of other factors but i could definitely see the failure, the immediate failure of the Biden campaign to do anything other than whatever your worst nightmares of it were going to be, not driving people to move forward. Because even if they're doing it libidinally, 
their their libido has already been jazzed by the fight and by the defeat. They're already like committed to it. So it's like it's just a further, you know, stab to the groin. Whereas for the liberal, when you've made it your architecture that like democratic uh, uh, rule is by definition, uh, you know, uh, 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 peace and justice and an ideal state, the closest thing to a Panglossian best of all possible worlds, then how can you keep caring? Yeah. So I think that's hope. Yeah. It's not a lot. It's a thin read, but the, the only reads we have are pretty thin at this point. I'll leave you guys with this. I just took this off of my jacket. Uh, these just came in the mail today. They're demo mock-ups for some new Chapo uh, pins, lapel, or, you know, little pins that you can put on your shirts or backpacks or something. And these will be on sale soon, and they look really sick, and they're nice and uh, uh, heavy, good metal and everything. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to that. Uh, anyway, uh, should we sign off, Matt? Yeah, let's do it. All right. I'm going to throw in a song, but uh, say goodbye, Matt. Bye-bye, Matt. There we go. That was good. That was fun. Yeah, here we go. There's the fifth one still. And goodbye. We let say I didn't get the mood and a reckless thought to be so crude and a reckless given to King Boo I'm